0: Welcome to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. It is Tuesday, April 19th, and I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have another special show for you today as we break down top NFL draft prospect, cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, and we take a look back at him as a recruit, a three-star prospect out of Michigan. What did we miss? What was his recruitment like? What stood out about him as a high school recruit? We're going to talk to Alan True, national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports to get the breakdown on that. But before we get to that conversation and continue our series and look at the NFL draft, let's take a look at what's trending. Could the Notre Dame Fighting Irish be on the verge of taking over the top of the composite team recruiting rankings for the 2022 class? There's a big announcement scheduled for later tonight on CBS Sports HQ. Braylon James, the top 100 prospect nationally, according to the composite, number 12 receiver overall, number 13 prospect in the state of Texas. Braylon James announcing his decision. The Fighting Irish are the overwhelming favorite right now. the crystal ball. And it would be a nice pickup number three right now nationally, but could be number one tonight after the announcement of Braylon James. And speaking of receivers, Notre Dame's also in the mix for Rico Flores. He caught up with Greg Biggins this past weekend. Our national recruiting analyst has the lowdown in a VIP article over at 24-7 Sports. But the gist of it is Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas, UCLA, among the finalists right now for Rico Flores, another four-star wide receiver from the state of California who is looking at all his options and is on track to announce a decision in early July. The Irish, of course, are heavily involved with five-star quarterback, Dante Moore. So that class is beginning to take shape as Marcus Freeman and company continue to build what is looking like a very well-rounded and versatile recruiting class. Let's bring in Alan True now, the National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports, as we continue our look at the NFL Draft, the approaching big event in the professional ranks later this month. Alan, how are we doing? Hey, doing well, Blair we had a discussion last week Alan about Aiden Hutchinson and kind of being a legacy being a known commodity being a prospect that obviously raised his stock and and elevated his his self-worth in terms of the star rankings and the offers and people knowing who he was and you know he was able to do that at the army all-American bowl down in San Antonio heading into uh, his his tenure at Michigan I think everyone knew that Aiden Hutchinson was on the upward trajectory the next guy we're going to talk about Sauce Gardner, I'm not sure many knew that he would be where he is now. Projected by many to be the number one corner prospect in the 2022 NFL draft. And right now, you know, I'm looking at all the mocks, Alan, and, and we've got a top 10 pick on our hands. Did you feel, did you ever get a sense that this would ever happen?
1: No, I have to be honest on that <laughs> one. I think-
0: yeah, let's be yeah. sure. And, and just, yeah, I mean, that's something that happens across the country, right? Like, it, this is not specific to a, a certain region or a certain type of position. There Times all the time, right? Like even a a couple years ago, Zach Wilson, when he got drafted, he was a second quarterback taken after Trevor Lawrence. And if you would have asked me, hey, when you were looking and when you were seeing Zach Wilson throwing the football around as a sophomore in high school, as a junior in high school, even as a senior in high school, you know, would you have projected him to be a a top ten NFL draft pick? And my answer was always no.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would it would be intellectually dishonest for me to sit here and say like, oh, I totally could have seen Sauce becoming a top 10 pick. Now, what what is true is that you did see that he was on an upward trajectory. When we first saw him, I think it was ninth or tenth grade. He was like five seven, five eight, probably around one hundred and forty pounds. Those measurements from the opening regional that we saw him at are probably still out there. There's a picture of him still out there from that event, and um, much smaller. And then, but you know, he was a good player. He's a good player in youth ball. They had talked about him because uh, he played for a, a big youth team, the Detroit Spartans, and loaded team, if you go back and look who was on that team. And he was a good player. So he was known. It just, he didn't quite look like a division one prospect yet. And then he started to grow a little bit, picked up a couple offers. And then he really shot up his last two years, was skinny still, but but had grown in height and, and was very long. And so you could see that, okay, I see why Cincinnati is taking a shot on him. I can see why some of these other schools offered because you don't see corners with that length and you knew there was upside there. But to sit here and say even what he did as a, uh, his true freshman year. I mean, he came in, hit the ground running. He was not a guy that we had pegged as he's an early contributor. It was more like I think once this guy gets into a college strength program, he's got a shot to
0: be really good. So he was rated three star prospect in the composite when we're taking a look back at him. Uh, he was the number one sixty-three corner in that twenty-nineteen class out of Martin Luther King High School in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, ended up being measured in at I think six. 163 was the last verifiable, measurable for him uh, as a high school player. And, and you know, I think you, you look at his position ranking – you know, mentioned outside the 150 in his position, uh, outside the top 40 in the state of Michigan, according to Composite. But we were a little bit higher. So, again, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back a little bit better uh, or a little bit more than, than uh, I guess, the, the industry-generated Composite. He was the 33rd overall prospect in the state of Michigan and number 144 uh, among corners. So we had him in the top 150, obviously a, a long way to go from that number one projection, which he's sitting at right now. Heading into the 2022 NFL Draft Ahmaud Gardner was a player I think that serves as an example of what we look for now, Allen, when we are evaluating prospects. Because you look at him and you're like, okay, he's going to go to a really good situation at Cincinnati. You're, you're looking at the measurables, and you mention that upward trajectory in terms of the physical traits. But then you you also see, okay, there's a lot of room for upside here. Like there's a lot to gain here, and that's a player that you can kind of take a shot at and say, oh, he could be a four star. He could, you know, eventually become that NFL that. NFL prospect.
1: Yeah. So there there were definitely were some things. And he's one of the examples. He's he's this year's Alan True research project, even though I covered him, you know, pretty closely throughout the process. There's always a couple guys that you go back and look at the draft and you say, what can we learn from him moving forward? How do we try to not miss sauce Gardner the next time he comes around in, you know, a kid like this comes around. Is there, is there one in the 23 class like this that we're missing? And with him, you know, it wasn't, there were some things that I would say that that we look for. There were a lot of things that we do look for that weren't present though. You know, he didn't play offense at King. So sometimes it was hard to exactly tell, you know, when you have offensive film, you have so much more additional, you know, context. You got a lot of ball skills and athleticism that you can see if they're playing receiver. Um, we didn't really have that with him. We didn't have, I don't believe we had any kind of verified track time or 40 time later in his career. Like I said, he went to an opening regional, but that was ex- very, very early. I don't think we had that later in his career. So there were some missing pieces there that I think that that we tend to try to look for first. So verifying speed and 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 trying to see if there was a multi-positional thing, if there was multi-sport thing. And with him, it wasn't. It was just, he he really locked it down as a senior and we needed to trust that film, uh, more so than look for outside factors.
0: Well, we're going to take a short break, but after the break, we're going to continue to discuss Sauce Gardner as well as his recruitment. You're listening to the 24 seven sports football recruiting podcast.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: Welcome back, 24 7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by Alan True, National Recruiting Analyst for 24 7 Sports. And we are breaking down Sauce Gardner, what he was as a prospect what his recruitment was like, projected by many as the number one corner in this upcoming 2022 NFL draft and ended up at Cincinnati. And, and this was a great situation for him to really develop and, and obviously earning a spot in the college football playoff and a, a team that is certainly on the rise and heading obviously to a group of five comp conf- or a power five conference from a group of five conference. Uh, and you look at his offer list, Alan, you, you got Akron, Alabama A&M, Ball State, Bowling Green, central michigan colorado state and then you start to see some power five options indiana iowa state kentucky syracuse uh, and a number of other lower group of five options what can you remember about sauce gardner as a recruit in, in terms of his process and how he was able to end up at cincinnati
1: You know, he, um, some of those offers came a little bit earlier and, and I will say that the Iowa States and Kentucky's of the world do a really good job of scouting the Midwest and are often in on the ground floor on some of those guys, but as the process moved on, I, I do think Cincinnati was the school that recruited him the hardest, and they presented a good chance for him to come in and play and compete. Um, Detroit King had uh, had established a pretty good relationship with Cincinnati. They had come up and recruited several of their other players. Um, Cincinnati was emphasizing Detroit quite a bit at that time as well, and so. You know, it just became a good fit all around. But I think that the chance to come in and like I said, he wasn't an an obvious, like this guy's going to play as a true freshman. Cincinnati had a plan there for him and that actually, it ended up coming to fruition and and it worked out because he had an opportunity to step in there and uh, play right away.
0: I I know that in terms of projecting and in terms of evaluating prospects, uh, we don't ever really look at an offer list. I, I think for me a big selling point is being able to maybe put a rating on a prospect before he starts to get a lot of the major offers uh obviously the message boards will say oh he got the alabama offer here's the you know here's the five-star bump or oh georgia and ohio state are on the list here you know here we go uh but with a, a player like sauce gardner when you look at his offer sheet and, and the fact that he did have you know an 83 rating on his profile um at 24 7 sports uh it's pretty significant and, and for those that aren't familiar with with the rating system or the explanations, uh, it goes in tiers, right? So the five stars are from, you know, th- those are the players that we project to be first round NFL draft picks. There are different layers of four stars, majority of those and the, the high quality four stars end up being in the top 24-7. And then there are three different tiers in the three-star rankings. Uh, it's a low three-star, a mid-three-star, and a high three-star. So a high three-star is a player that we consider to have significant NFL upside, a mid three stars a player that has the potential to be a capable starter at the power five level and an impact player at the group of five level Uh, and then a low three star is a player that we consider to be a potential contributor at a power five program but a a player with high probability of impact potential at the group of five level so in a sense we got this one right. It, you know. it, in, 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 But in another sense, we didn't get it right. Um, but I do think that it's it's kind of an example and uh, maybe a, a, a learning lesson for maybe the fans or even us as the evaluators or, or the, the recruiting analysts to kind of look at this as a, a case study, right? Like a SARS Gardner can be rated as an 83 and it doesn't have to be seen as, oh, look, he was such a miss. Uh, this is a player who should have been a five star.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll say it for you. We missed on it. I would like to think that if I, I, we can get this one right, and and I would think that we had all the tools there to get it right. If you go back and look at some of the write ups that Steve Wolfong did when he saw him in seven on seven, and I did, when we saw him during the season. We liked him. I mean, the, we he had very positive reviews in those write ups. We just didn't adjust the rating enough. I think we felt like okay, we've already got him kind of in that. One of those three-star tiers this seems about right but in retrospect i think today we would be more aggressive on a guy that we felt good about that maybe some of the powers in the big 10 Didn't go on, and and so I think we get excited now when we see that. We we, last year I can remember us bumping an Indiana commit into the four stars. Uh, I've seen us bump, you know, kind of mid power five or to low power five guys into the top two, four, seven. We've had some G five guys earn higher ratings, and I I think now our staff get excited when we have a guy that we like that we think some of the blue bloods missed, And, and and guys like Ahmad are some of the reason now that we comb for that. I think we've always done a good job of combing for that, but we always kind of assigned a rating that we were like, well, this is higher than what people expected. So that's good enough. Now I think we're more likely to be aggressive on, on some kids like this
0: yeah alan and before we go what do you think this does for a program like cincinnati right this isn't the first time or it's not going to be the last time that a group of five program gets a a top 10 nfl draft pick and we see it i think more often than than not now every year in the nfl draft but I, i think it does provide a bit of a boost right to that staff to the position coaches to the recruiting uh coordinators there at that program to be able to sell that and say hey you know, don't go to a power five school. And obviously they're going to be a power five school, but maybe don't go to some of these other big name schools and get lost in the shuffle. Come here, play right away and and make an impact.
1: Well, I think it's just another piece of everything that's going on at Cincinnati in a positive direction. You know, you make a college football playoff, you you win a whole bunch of games. You're now moving towards being power five and you know, I think the last piece of that puzzle is to produce some high draft picks. So if you're going to produce a guy who's a top 10, or even I've seen some top five talk for Sauce Gardner now, you know, that's another huge feather in your cap. You've now covered, I think, all of the things that top recruits want to see, which is the chance to compete for national championships, chance to compete for championships within your conference, the chance to play early, and then obviously the chance to become a high NFL draft pick. And I think that being able to sell that you can become a high NFL draft pick when you weren't expected to be one coming out of high school. We developed uh, him and gave him a chance into that. And they've done a really good job, I think, of, uh, and he has taken the bull by the horns of of doing some NIL stuff with the sauce name and some branding there that I think helps also. So I think it's just another piece of everything positive going on at Cincinnati. I think it's going to make a huge difference with them recruiting The city of Detroit that already came to fruition in this year's class with them getting tight end Kamari Anderson, who very few people predicted to Cincinnati as that process moved along um, when you look at his offer list they beat a lot of good schools on that list and I think that that the presence in Detroit has definitely helped that
0: sauce brought the sauce at the NFL combine a 441 40yard dash at six three two hundred 200 pounds just just about 40 pounds heavier than he was as a as a high school senior and when his final evaluation was taking place with 24/7 sports Alan thank you so much for joining us and breaking down Sauce Gardner. Always a fighter. That is Alan True, national recruiting analyst for 24/7 Sports. For Alan and our producer Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24/7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.